Hello and welcome to the Built Academy podcast. I'm your host, Carl Storms. In this episode, we follow up with our academic and science correspondent, Daniel Platza, taking over the baton on the robotics from David. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Carl. What do you have in store for us today? Well, uh, today we are going back in my very private own history with uh, one of my episodes uh, of the CV at Fraunhofer Italia. A few years back, I had the privilege of holding an internship position at the Fraunhofer Italia, where I got to meet inspiring researchers on the cutting edge of technology. In this show today, we meet two leading PhD researchers of this team Fraunhofer Italia, who will tell us more on the future of robotics and construction and how this will impact us in how we work. So let's start off with introducing you both speakers. I would like to start with Camilla Fallin. She is a researcher of the process engineering in construction team at Fraunhofer Italia. Camilla received a master's degree in architecture at the Polytechnical University of Milan and a master's degree in advanced construction and building technology at the Technical University of Munich. Her master thesis was developed in collaboration with Kevatsa, a startup developing a robot system to automate scaffolding, logistics and assembly. She is currently a PhD student in advanced system engineering at the Free University of Bolzano, where she is deepening her research on bridging the gap between robotics and the construction side. I'm also happily introducing you uh, our second speaker, Michael Terza. He is a researcher of the robotics and intelligent system engineering team at Fraunhofer. He concluded his master thesis in 2017 in mechatronics and smart technologies at the Innsbruck University. Before he started to work at Fraunhofer Italia, he gathered various insights into different industries through internships and part-time jobs. Since 2018, he is working as a scientific collaborator at Fraunhofer Italia. His main research topics covered advanced robotics hardware and software development, flexible production, precision agriculture, and open source robotics software development. Let's take a listen and meet you on the other side. It's my greatest honor to welcome on board on this episode Camilla and Michael Terza from Fraunhofer Italia. Welcome you both on board. Hi, Daniel. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having us. It's nice to have two great friends from her company where I used to be for quite some time today and try to ask them on how they do see robotics in the construction industry, having both experts of the field on stage today. So thank you for being with us and let's jump straight into it. Fraunhofer is well known, not just for researching generally, but especially the Fraunhofer uh, Society helped us to do this recording today, being uh, one of the organizations involved in the development and research of the audio digital coding format MP3, which we use to uh, record and process this podcast today. And in fact, it has been developed by Fraunhofer. I would therefore like to ask you for a brief general introduction of Fraunhofer Italia and tell me a bit of what you do and what you stand for at uh, Fraunhofer Italia in Bolzano, Italy. So, um, okay. Um, The Fraunhofer Gesellschaft is the largest uh, um, applied research organization of Europe. 
and it counts about uh, 30,000 employees. Um, in Germany alone, it has about 75 research institutes. And uh, Fraunhofer for Italia, of course, is much smaller. It only has a single uh, institute uh, in uh, uh, Bolzano for now, but um, it will probably have hopefully more in the future. Uh, we have uh, now approximately uh, 40 employees uh, or researchers with different backgrounds. And uh, um, it was started about 10 years ago. We just had our 10 year anniversary. Um, the internal structure of Rono for Italia is composed of three uh, main teams. We have uh, automation and mechatronics engineering, uh, process engineering in construction, which is my team, and uh, robotics and intelligence systems engineers, which is uh, Michael's team. Um, so uh, as a part of the Fraunhofer Gesellschaft, uh, uh, Fraunhofer Italia also stands for uh, applied research. Um, that is, uh, it is a, a kind of a middleman between the um, research from university and uh, the support of uh, uh, small and medium enterprises in uh, um, Northern Italy. Uh, so uh, we, um, mainly support uh, innovation in manufacturing and in the construction sector and the um, development of uh, innovative business models to um, increase um, productivity and uh, sustainability of uh, the use of new technologies in these two main sectors. Well, thank you a lot. Uh, Michel, would I like to start with you asking how Fraunhofer Italia is mediating between the science and this industry hearing from Camilla that you just seem to do quite well in doing so. Yeah, well, we are doing this in various ways. As Camilla already introduced, we are working together with uh, small and medium enterprises uh, focused on the local level and regional level, but also on national level in a second manner. And um, our purpose is to support them and to deliver the know-how that we can generate by ourselves, by, let's say, preliminary internal research that we can do and by having access to the scientific world and having uh, excellent um, scientific collaborators here in the Institute. And um, maybe I, I can introduce you to, to, the, to our basic funding scheme so that you can understand also how we how we how we work basically we are for one third of our funding um, funded by the regional government here in south tyrol and um, are getting the other two thirds of our fundings through um, third parties like uh, industry projects with small and medium enterprises and um, the third part are then research projects or other third party fundings um, we try to, 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 to connect this world of science with, with the industry uh, by, by, by doing a lot of things. So, first of all, we are doing directly those industry projects with companies where we directly uh, are providing our research services or our, our research as a service. But we are also doing it in a, in a, in a parallel way by educating young scientists and engineers that then can also go into the industry after working here at the Institute and, and, and be prepared for the, for the industry. 
So we have, uh, if you want to say, kind of an educational mission on this level. And then we have uh, several other parts that I maybe also explain in another, in, 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 in another question uh, where we can um, take back or, or um, use, the, use the advantage of our laboratories and uh, of uh, our technologies and techniques that we, that we can provide to, to the companies in industry projects to, to connect, as I said, the science and industry fields. Thank you both for this really nice introduction on the Fraunhofer Italia Association to start with. Before we jump into our more detailed focus of our topic today, I would like to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. And I would also like to ask you how you did uh, become a researcher, Fraunhofer Italia, for application of robotics and construction at the Extinct uh, Institute. Okay, so um, I am starting and we um, can say that I have um, something like an unconventional uh, study um, background. I started in uh, um, at the Polytechnic University of Milan and I studied architecture. Uh, my program was kind of uh, conventional um, so much that I actually by side um, became interested in the use of new uh, technologies in construction. And I think that is uh, something that is actually um, uh, that resonates with the uh, Build Academy and with the teams you, you are interested to. Uh, so I found this um, interdisciplinary degree in uh, uh, the Technical University of Munich uh, in with, where I uh, applied uh, and uh, um, I started so this uh, master degree that was in the chair of uh, building realization and robotics. Um, the uh, professor there, Professor Bock, uh, studied the application of robotics in construction and in general the uh, newest uh, uh, construction and building technologies uh, applied uh, um, in the whole building life cycle. Um, there I also had the, uh, since it was an interdisciplinary degree, I also had the occasion of uh, space in between uh, uh, different subjects, uh, uh, such as, for example, I started, um, I learned how to code um, and some basics of uh, mechanical engineering. And I had the occasion uh, of writing my thesis with a, a startup uh, uh, focusing on robotics, uh, which is called Kevaso. And uh, uh, I there developed uh, a gripper for um, the robot uh, they were developing that it was used to climb and assemble uh, scaffoldings uh, in view of uh, automating the construction site. Um, when I was in Germany, of course, I heard the name uh, of the Fraunhofer-Gesellschaft uh, and uh, I decided to apply to the uh, Italian Institute uh, because uh, not only because I wanted to return to my country, but also because um, of the um, there was this um, excellent uh, um, team here for uh, construction. So that is how um, I ended up with this um, our institute, and I'm very happy of it. What about you, Michael? Yeah, um, I made a little uh, conventional or. Um... <laughs> a study program in, into the direction of robotics. So basically, I did my bachelor and master degree in Innsbruck, um, studying mechatronics and intelligent systems. 
And um, during my study times, I always tried to get a lot of insight and practical knowledge uh, during, during internships. And that's why I also discovered uh, Fraunhofer Italia four years ago when I, when I was seeking for a new internship and um, was pretty surprised that there is an institute in Bozen. And back then it was, uh, what was, was pretty small. And if you compare it to, to our today's picture, it's, it's great and uh, it's, it's fun and, and, and makes me kind of proud to be, to be part of this, of this story, this successful story. And so I, I started this career at Fraunhofer with an internship. Um, and right away, then I, I, I found it so, um, uh, so good to work for Fraunhofer that I, that I wanted to do also my master thesis here. And uh, so um, concluded my studies with, with kind of an internship doing the master thesis at Fraunhofer Italia. And then after some, a small break for myself, I, I came back as a collaborator here and I'm working then back th since these three years as, as, as a collaborator first in the automation and mechatronics engineering team. And then since we have uh, had this split of, of, for a new team uh, of the robotics and uh, intelligent systems engineering in the last autumn. All right, thank you. Uh, what about Fraunhofer Italia maybe also accepting uh, applications from possible listeners of our podcast in terms of an internship? Could you imagine they would be interested in having international students applying? Yes, absolutely. So we are, we are supporting a lot of students uh, around the clock. <laughs> so all the year we, we, we're having a lot, uh, a lot of, of internships here and always glad if people are, are wondering what we are doing and if if we can support them. As I said before, it's all, this is also part of our mission. So we, we, have, we want to have this educational factor also inside here. I can warmly recommend it. Indeed, it was also part of a Fraunhofer internship team some time ago. Thank you for your support. I would now like to uh, dive a bit deeper into our robotics team uh, of today asking you about the increasingly uh, growing demand for robotic solutions of uh, the construction industry, for which disciplines of the building industry itself, Camilla, do you see uh, the demand increasing? I think that we can say that for uh, off-site uh, production, robotics uh, um, is uh, kind of already established. Uh, what is uh, as opposite uh, the new frontier is the on-site construction, which is um, probably what is also most uh, interesting uh, on the research side. Um, so uh, the new shift uh, is towards, uh, again, uh, single task robots so that is smaller uh, robotic solutions that are actually more uh, flexible and uh, capable of, uh, in some cases, working together. And we can see that there are uh, several startups uh, that are um, appearing on the market that brings these robots that uh, for instance, uh, uh, for um, the, they cover a lot of uh, different assets as uh, drilling, um, uh, monitoring the construction process, and so on. Michael, how is Fraunhofer Italia reacting to this great demand? 
Yeah, we are doing this in 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 various disciplines or various steps. Um, as I told you before, we are doing this internal preliminary research with some fundings that we get from 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 the local government in order to prepare ourselves to the state of the art demand and questions that we may want to transfer then to the industry. And right after this, um, there comes this knowledge transfer where we where we try to give to bring our knowledge uh, into into the into the projects where the demand is then coming in. Um, uh, we have an initiative which is quite interesting, um, which is called Arena. It's basically a platform um, for ourselves and for uh, local companies to be able to collaborate on state-of-the-art projects. So its name is area for research and innovative applications and in there we are having like some some rooms uh, to, to to show off some demonstrators from our preliminary research and to be able to discuss these demonstrators or even demonstrators that we are um, implementing together with the companies um, to get ideas what they think about what what their ideas could be and to to, to come into a discussion on hardware because we have seen in the past that just discussing stuff on PowerPoint uh, slides doesn't make sense at all, uh, or it gets too, too, too boring fastly. And another thing is that we are doing, we are, we are participating in uh, large research projects also on European level uh, to be able to, to get also there the, the most of the know-how that we can get to then locally place it in, in industrial projects and to react as you as you were asking to the demand of, of, of such applications. Oh, yes, such an interesting insight of how you actually work in the arena. Now, speaking about the construction sites, which are obviously quite a bit uh, more structured and sometimes even rather chaotic, how do you see the future of robots operate in that environment? Will it be more of a haptic human robot collaboration or an alternative development into autonomous robot skills? Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Of course, construction sites are uh, very unstructured and they are actually a, a very big barrier for the application of robots in the building industry. Um, they are uh, basically dirty, dangerous and uh, uh, full of rubble and uh, very not so close to the uh, project. So. Uh, that means that a robot working in them needs to be uh, extra aware of its surroundings, for example, uh, in order not to damage itself. And uh, um, as I said, it also has to uh, um, share its workspace with humans. So um, it um, has to um, be very safe to operate and to uh, work uh, beside in the industry actually this is not um, such an issue because they can um, be uh, blocked in cages for example but here um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, on site they they have to um, share their space um, that is just unavoidable and uh, um, on the other hand, complete substitution of human workers is also not a viable option because, uh, or at least not in, in the short term because of the um, technology itself and how the construction operations are um, right now are happening um, at this moment. 
so uh, for example, if we think of uh, um, brick walls, uh, uh, we see that the, the, the assemble of a brick wall is uh, actually more centered on human than what it appears because bricks are objects that can be um, easily taken by a human. Um, so that uh, all this is just an example, but many of the processes of construction are human centered. And that is that it's not that easy to say, to um, take away the human factor in the construction sites. Um, the, so um, um, another thing is that, uh, as you said, uh, if uh, collaboration is to happen, it has to happen between a robot and a person that is usually not that used to have uh, interaction with a robot. So uh, workers on construction sites are um, don't have to be trained in the use of robots. So uh, it also has to have a, a easier, a easy interface for um, uh, collaboration between the two. So um, actually uh, the use of uh, um, easy methods such as uh, haptics uh, can um, uh, be useful for the uh, acceptance of these solutions on site. Um, but I also wanted to add that something that is uh, always overlooked is that the construct actually the construction industry um, is also going towards um, construction sites are structured but construction industries trying to go towards the uh, structuring and the engineering of the um, uh, building process. Uh, um, for example, when we think about lean construction and the use of uh, uh, beam and uh, uh, beam related tools, uh, where we, and of the uh, time plans and uh, um, site plans, um, we see that this, um, we have actually a, a semi-structured environment sometimes. And uh, I think that the improvement of um, the, the application of robotics technology on site uh, will um, also um, be uh, very influenced by the transfer of knowledge of this um, construction uh, um, related uh, knowledge. So I think that it will come from different sides. On the one side, the improvement of robotics technology. On the other side, the uh, transfer of construction knowledge. And uh, of course, the um, industrialization of the products, considering also off-site production. OK, and obviously not having uh, many friends on site if you try to put up fences to <laughs> create a suitable workplace for your robot. Can you possibly tell us about uh, some more uh, clear or simple activities in the construction sector, which do you expect to be taken over by robots in a short term, like a couple of years or so? Well, a uh, couple of years is <laughs> probably um, a little bit optimistic, but I think that the uh, first uh, uh, activities that will be taken over will be the uh, ones that uh, will um, bring no um, added value to the construction process. So uh, those that uh, uh, will need not uh, particular quality of the final product and um, 
most importantly, those that are uh, difficult and boring and repetitive and uh, oftentimes ungrateful. So they, they require uh, a lot of strata of the human body. So for example, uh, one uh, of these uh, is uh, logistics. Uh, logistics is a, a, an activity that has to be done on the construction site. You, you have to move material and equipment around uh, um, this is necessary, uh, but at the same time is uh, something that uh, unless you, of course, you don't have to damage what you are carrying, but uh, this has no intrinsic quality of the uh, execution. Uh, so uh, by having this kind of activities uh, automated, uh, you can save time for actual workers to uh, focus on activities that need the human factor, such as, uh, um, for example, carpentry or finishing works. Um, so uh, the, uh, we developed at our institute uh, uh, the uh, solutions on logistics and uh, uh, also the solutions that I work with when I was developing my master thesis was focusing on that because it is uh, something that is very useful to automate and um, actually easier than many other tasks. Camilla, in preparation for our podcast, we had a nice uh, chat having another point of your career being mentioned, of you being part of a startup where you were part of a team uh, co-working and developing robots for scaffolding, which is another part of logistics for the construction industry. How has it now developed? Are you allowed to tell us a little bit? Yes, yes, it was actually a, a very fun part of my career and is uh, um, something I still um, remember very vividly when I, uh, in the development of my research on construction robotics. So um, Kevazo um, focuses on, yeah, on logistics, you see in the vertical plane. So, so um, with robots that um, climb uh, scaffoldings in both in the vertical and horizontal direction, and they bring um, material and equipment. So um, I had the opportunity of uh, uh, joining Kevazo when it was in the, their um, initial uh, development phase of the startup itself. So uh, I had the opportunity of uh, watching it grow from the inside. And uh, I still think it's one of the most uh, interesting uh, experience I had in my career. Uh, what hit me the most was the uh, flexibility they have and they needed to have, uh, especially at that point, uh, where they um, had to um, manage to the need of the construction companies that they were interviewing and uh, they uh, had to be flexible to survive. So, uh, for example, uh, when I joined, uh, my master thesis focused on one of their initial prototypes that it was, uh, say, biologically inspired. So we was actually climbing uh, this scaffolding structure. For that, I developed this, uh, this gripper that was uh, aimed at climbing and uh, uh, assembling a second in, in the future. Uh, however, um, in the uh, evolution of the startup, they realized that they needed uh, a safer um, option and uh, their concept evolved uh, 
towards what they have now, which is uh, called the lift bot, uh, and uh, um, that actually exploits the uh, standardization of the scaffolding uh, um, elements that um, they have a very uh, precise and uh, uh, regulated by law um, dimension. And they have, uh, so now their solution works on rail and um, can bring uh, actually uh, even more weight and it is um, much safer. And uh, um, I believe that uh, um, still this is a, a great example of agile adaption to the industry needs of um, and in general of a newly product. And now I know they uh, just started selling their robots. So I'm really excited to hear what uh, this will evolve into. Well, me too. I actually hope to meet one of them sometime. <laughs> yeah, why not? Nice to, to have a, a robot from your startup uh, being uh, part of our sites. Uh, yeah. Michael, after this uh, insight and a little recap of all of the activities, I would try to understand how you, as a team member of Hanover Italia, actually work on uh, the development of one of these so-called robots which are helping us on, on site. How can I imagine the workflow of the development of a robot from an idea of me saying, well, I want this robot to climb up a ladder, the implementation? Well, we have to say here that we are mainly working on robot prototypes. So this is differing on, on maybe some processes of de development and implementation of uh, bigger companies. So in our uh, stage here of research, we are, we are doing robot prototypes. And if we start from scratch from the idea, um, of course, uh, this is connected to the demand and to, 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 the, to the directions that we target with our research teams. So as for example, in, the, in, in our team of, of robotics, we are targeting flexible robotics and modular robotics, reconfigurable robotics and so on. So, so this, this, this process may look different when you, when you target production-ready products. So we are, we are mainly targeting also in the other research projects um, robot prototypes. But in general, if we are developing then the hardware and the software, we, do, we try to do this um, in parallel and, and also not separately. Because often you have uh, several requirements which cross-link each other from hardware to software and that then uh, need to be aligned in order to be able to be fast in, in, in developing the prototypes and to get to the solution that you want. And um, of course, all of those processes include that we, that we plan it, design it, um, that we have some procurement phases where we try to, of course, or have to respect the, the, the budgets that we, we have uh, at our disposal for in, in, in the research projects. And in hardware terms, this, this also includes then, of course, the assembly, if we do it ourselves or if we let it do another company uh, and some revisions. But I say some because, of course, you are in, in research projects not allowed to spend a lot of testing and a lot of re revision phases as you would do maybe for, for, for production-ready products. And on the software side, as I told, we try always to do this stuff in parallel in order to have these cross-linked uh, requirements 
respected and here i want to mention that we are a lot of lot focusing on open source software especially when designing robots we are uh, relying a lot on the open robot operating system which is totally open so the robot operating system delivers you those packages that you may don't want to uh, develop yourself so I can make here an example and maybe this this setup I can explain afterwards in more detail but um, if you have a robot and you want to to do some research in the locomotion or in the manipulation of, of obstacles or of, of, of objects then you don't want to do reinvent the whole the, the whole wheel again and and there it is extremely important to have <laughs> a strong set of of libraries and and packages at your disposal that that deliver you state-of-the-art um, projects from other researchers around the world. That's so interesting. Are you allowed to tell us about one of your ongoing projects at Fraunhofer Italien? Yes, To give us a bit of a practical <laughs> insight of what yeah. you are actually working on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, as, I, as I mentioned before, I have this example, which is called Baldo. I, I don't want to hide this initiative from you because it's extremely interesting <laughs> and one of our hot topics currently here. <laughs> and we are here to share. So just yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, this started approximately one year ago when the pandemic was hitting in. And um, of course, we, we were like uh, thinking about what, what, can, what can we do to contribute to fight uh, the virus. And um, uh, right away, um, our, our team lead from the robotics team had a great idea. And that was to connect disinfection robotics with BIM. And so we came up with the project, that, with the project proposal that got funded then from the Fraunhofer Gesellschaft internally. And where we and our um, mother institute in Stuttgart, the IAO, are doing this project now since a year approximately. And this project is all about um, disinfection of door handles or critical zones in a building. And in this term, maybe some in, in larger buildings. And what common or, or other um, activities in this field we're coming up with was that you have a robot uh, which has, let's say, a manipulator or some fixed spray nozzles or something or UV lights on, on top of it and is moving around and disinfecting or shining onto object, objects that could be contaminated, right? Um, but the problem of this solution is that you actually have to move around the robot to teach him his, his environment. So basically uh, you, you're calling this slam um, and uh, uh, simultaneous localization and mapping. Uh, what you're doing is you show the robot uh, its environment and he's creating itself a map. You don't have to do just this, but you also have to teach him maybe for example, um, where door handles are located in its environment. Of course, the robot can be equipped with some perception units and can, done, can do this by its own, but um, th the full solution is, is, is not there yet. And um, it may be very time consuming to, to move a robot around, let's say a, a large hospital where we have like 300 door handles on one floor. And you can imagine that setting up such a robot for a company that afterwards has to sell this robot and has to give support for this robot is very time and cost expensive. And so the idea from us was 
um, let's assume we have a BIM model of a large object or of a large building. And uh, we already have all the information where we find door handles, where we find elevator push buttons, or where we find uh, other, other stuff that could be contaminated by the virus. And um, not just this, we have also a floor plan of the whole building. We don't, we don't have to show the robot uh, where, where he has to move or how he can localize himself. And um, so this idea was, was, was great and got funded. And uh, we have some demonstrators already running and it is coming to an end now. And um, we have really pretty interesting results and we'll come up with the publication soon. And uh, for sure, uh, the, the, the robotics and construction world will hear from us again. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to the publication. And well, it really sounds like it could be a useful tool to be able uh, to implement in other disciplines or other activities later on, if you can use direct data from a BIM model to do whatever kind of target it might be. Yeah, exactly. And what I, what I could add here also is that um, we were doing this by actually connecting this robot operating system with, the, with BIM. This was an initiative that we started already some years ago and uh, which helped us also to get this project running because there was no interface existing of, of uh, getting BIM information to a robot understandable language, which is the robot operating system. And so by also in this project advancing this ROS BIM interface, uh, we were able to provide the robot with very, um, um, with, with informations that matter in, in, in this context. And we will, we will continue to, to improve this also. Well, I wish you all the best in implementing RASPIM even Thank further. Uh, speaking about this super fastly developing uh, implementation of new technologies in a general manner, speeding up the process of implementing robotics more and more into the built environment does come up uh, and create some even further questions. What role could decentralized data play in this process, Camille? And what would it be, what the mission for the building industry in a collaboratively distributing toward an artificial general intelligence environment? Um, yeah, um, also expanding on the uh, ROSPIM interface here, um, of course, it would be greatly beneficial to have this kind of uh, the, the information coming from the whole uh, building supply chain uh, that to have that knowledge available for the robot. Uh, so that is the reason why we decided to use uh, BIM in the first place. Um, it, so we uh, want to have, um, of course, to leverage on the uh, 3D uh, geometrical uh, information, but also on uh, the um, metadata the, uh, the BIM carries uh, as uh, uh, it uh, was born as a digital database for uh, collaboration between the different stakeholders of the construction industry. So the idea was to uh, say, so it can help collaborate uh, different stakeholders. Why not have these stakeholders collaborate with our robotic systems? Uh, so, um, and not only this, but also we have this data for uh, reuse in uh, um, uh, later other applications throughout the building life cycle. Uh, so um, for this reason, we have this, uh, um, 
so the uh, end goal was to have a digital uh, database um, about the building that it could be used in construction, collect data from construction, and then be used in uh, subsequent uh, building uh, uh, phases of the life cycle of the building. So, uh, for example, uh, in our BARTO project, we use it uh, uh, combined with um, facility management. And uh, um, this makes sense if you think that the um, newest buildings sometimes have this um, wide uh, infrastructure of sensors that monitor the uh, indoor environment. So, uh, and uh, uh, there is research going on that connects these sensor uh, readings with uh, a beam model. Uh, so um, to have this all together in this uh, uh, singular uh, digital database will be beneficial um, connecting different threads of research. In terms of research, we are here having the pleasure to talk to two professionals from a quite different discipline. Which skills do you regard as the key to successful development of robots in our industry? Well, for sure, you need a lot of engineering skills in order to, to develop successfully robots. Um, you, you have to have engineers and skills from all the varieties of, of mechatronics and robotics, like electrical, electronic engineering, software engineering, hardware engineering, um, and as general. But as what we saw in these projects, like for example, Balto was that um, having collaborators and having a collaboration going on over the teams, so interdisciplinary, um, helped us a lot to to understand what 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 we really have to do and to to also maybe to 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 come to come to to a, to a common sum let's say and um, you have to be open-minded and um, it helps really to talk a lot to people that maybe are not with familiar with 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 all the the crazy nerdy engineering stuff that you're doing uh, all of the day um because it might be that that they 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 have some great ideas because they they are not so inside the, the technical problems right and so the working in a team and connecting our teams showed showed pretty pretty good off so yeah yeah and from my own perspective i really can confirm that it is wonderful to have uh, so many different professions around Hofer, Italia working together and bringing wonderful ideas back uh, to reality. Thank you a lot for having this call with me today. I would like to close up with uh, a last question for both of you, asking you whether robots will take over. Now having all of these nice examples uh, on board and lots of your experiences shared with us. So are they taking over? <laughs> yeah, we can just answer that by yes, totally soon. <laughs> Protect yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> we will, we will. <laughs> no, um, I, I would use this to redirect you to a recording that we did um, of an event of our 10th uh, anniversary, anniversary last year, which was called Robot Revolution. Will they replace us? <laughs> So may, you may be interested into this on our YouTube channel, but uh, in general, to add my opinion on this, um, 
we, we see a lot of, of advancements and improvements of robotics, but um, it is still a far way that, that actually robots are doing stuff and are being able to decide stuff that is very, very serious, let's say. Um, I think that we should, so as engineers of robots, we should continue to go on uh, to use the strengths of humans and robots for for their tasks, so for their for their points where they are strong in, and that is for humans the creativity, the the, the flexibility, empathy, and acceptability also from 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 the point of view from each other, right? And robots have their strengths in in precisional repetitiveness, uh, in payload uh, carrying stuff, and duration, um, and also in terms of senses, by being able to sense. Uh, the environment in a different way and uh, if we are targeting these this strength point of of each other so the robots and the humans and and being able to collaborate i think the whole solution will look look better and will look more ergonomic and and could could come to a very very successful um, implementation of robots Thank you for this nice closing words. Camilla, I assume you agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I really like because answer. Uh, I, I uh, just had uh, a wish from my side so uh, that the robots will actually take over at least the, this very dangerous task as we know that construction is actually a very dangerous uh, workplace. And so that uh, maybe in the future or it could be also 50 years from now, we could think that these uh, accidents happening now would be a thing of the past. Thank you both so much for being part of this podcast. It was nice to have good friends from Italia back on board once again. I would welcome you to jump on board for a future, future episode to share some of your updates on all of what we discussed today. Hope to uh, talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you. Great stuff. I never get enough of these robotics interviews. We, I learned so much. It's a topic that I'm fascinated by, but I, I'm from the outside looking in. So it's always great stuff. Some of the things that, that caught my attention from the interview um, was the sentence, uh, cage the robots, which of course was in reference to that when you're in the big robots working in auto factories or whatever, they're very easy to keep them uh, protected. Whereas when you let them loose on a job site or a construction site, uh, there's a lot of things that change from day to day. So it's a much difficult, more difficult task than putting these industry robots, as well as the idea that Robots are here to improve our workflow, to make things better for us as the humans. You know, they're, they're not here to take away what we like to do, but the repetitive tasks to make things more easy, take away the boring stuff, and really leave us more time for the fun things as we're working our way through. And of course, we have to talk about the idea that the question was asked again, are robots going to take over? And there was a resounding yes. Um, again, with the caveats that we said that the idea is that they're going to make our lives easier and allow us more time to do what we can we can do the way that we'd like to do it. Uh, so what are your thoughts, Dan? What, what did you take away from that great interview? Well, for me, it was a great opportunity to go back and be in touch with my friends at Fraunhofer Italia, especially knowing that they really do have a great time working in different teams on these highly sophisticated topics, being able to share all of the knowledge with each other. And that's, for me, one of the biggest wins of being able to collaborate in such a great institute with all of the experts of different fields working together, collaborating. For me as well, looking from an outside perspective on it, I'm definitely not 
uh, the biggest expert of uh, robots in construction, but it is, however, a big learning curve for me as well to get in touch with both episodes now on uh, the newest developments in the field, especially uh, learning how the robots are learning to take over what we might see in the next few years on a construction site. So looking forward to that. Absolutely. And, and I think just as a, you know, a, a quick summary from the two robotic episodes, we, we've certainly learned that, that robots are here, but uh, we're a long ways from them being able to do everything that we hope they can do. Um, right now, you know, they're able to do sort of single tasks. They can work together on those tasks, but they're not multitask beings as of yet. And that, uh, yes, at some point they'll take over, but that, that's a few years, a few decades down the road before that happens, I think. So, you know, as, as we've already said, a, a riveting episode again this month, Daniel. Uh, thank you for that. I was wondering if maybe you can give us a little bit more on what we might see behind the curtain for next month's episode 12. Carl, indeed, we do have a couple of topics which we're currently working on and investigating, which we would like to surprise in the upcoming episodes. I also would like to point out that we are experimenting and would like to kick off a new format for the upcoming podcast. And I'm looking forward to introduce you to this new style of podcast in order to keep our listeners engaged, entertained, and up to date from the next month on. So look, looking forward for that. And the next month, you may expect the unexpected from us. Oh, I like that. Expect the unexpected. Uh, that certainly sounds promising, Daniel. And, and thanks again for keeping us surprised and for what you guys do and the progress that we have coming forward. Carl, thank you for allowing us to be part of it again. Thank you. Awesome. And in closing, we would like to thank our podcast technology sponsor, BIMTRAC, for their continued support at the Built Academy, as well as Peter Yozel for the intro music he provided to the podcast. Don't miss out our next podcast airing April 29th. Be sure to mark that date on your calendar. Please like, share, rate, and subscribe to our podcast and following us on social media. Until then, on behalf of the Built Academy team, thank you for listening and stay curious.